Hey, welcome back to another episode of Salty Saints Podcast. I am Zach. And I am Randy. And uh, I just noticed that we're really good at, we always do it the same way when we say our names. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Are you copying me, bro? I've been Randy all my life, so. You copying me? (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. Um, So, today... We are going to be talking about lies that we tell ourselves. That's right. Um, that's going to be kind of fun. And there's a lot that goes d- into that. And we've tried filming this episode twice, and I didn't get it either time. And then we ran out of data on our laptop, and it, everything has crumbled every time we've tried to film this. This is literally the, the sixth or seventh time that we have started this podcast. Here we go. <laughs> it's going to work this time. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Okay, Randy. So here we go. We are we are doing this thing. It's actually happening. And as you reminded me, we have an apology. That's right. We do. Last episode, uh, we made a big deal. We went on and on for like five minutes about how this was the hundredth episode, and it wasn't. You already know that by now. If you're looking, you'll see that that was the hundred and first episode. You probably scratched your head, your head and said, what in the world are these idiots talking about? <laughs> yeah, so what that really comes down to is I'm just kind of dumb, and I uploaded out of order. Um, sorry, everybody, but that's <laughs> that's okay because it's kind of fun that it's not really the 100th episode, but it kind of is, but it's not. That's right. Um, yeah, so thank you for celebrating that with us. Thank you for 100 great episodes. And thank you for Ivani Greppi being our actual 100th episode. Yeah, that was fun. That was good. We had that a good was time. a good uh, interview. And so uh, if you haven't heard that, check it out. But today, as I said, we're talking about lies that we tell ourselves. Now, this was kind of – I, I didn't quite get it at first, but I think I finally get it, Randy. So I'm ready to talk about this, but you're totally leading us through this so I don't screw it up. Oh, gosh. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I came to you last week and I, uh, I said, I really want to do an episode on lies that we tell ourselves because, uh, that has been significant in my life. I read a book probably 30, 35 years ago by William Backus. And I think it was called, or I think it is called telling ourselves the truth. And, uh, the point that he makes is that we create lies about ourselves. And we tell ourselves those lies. And we're so effective in telling ourselves the lies that we begin to live in the false reality that we've created for ourselves. Mm. Okay. So um, just right off the top, do you want to kind of give us a couple examples of what that can look like? Sure. Or do you want to just kind of spend the episode talking about lots of those? Well, uh, maybe both end. Okay. But let's let's start with a couple of examples. Um, I looked up. I don't have his book anymore. I've given it away to somebody, and and uh, I have no idea who that somebody is. So if you're listening and you have my book, give it back. <laughs> or you can keep it. Or you can keep it. I really <laughs> don't care. Um, I know the, the lies that I told myself. Um. Uh, one of those was that I just wasn't good enough. I had what, uh, uh, they used to call a, an inferiority complex. Now they call it a lack of self-esteem. And I grew up with that. I had told myself that I wasn't good enough Mm. and that affected the way that I did things that affected the fact that I wouldn't try to do many things 
because I didn't think I could do them. That's that's interesting. Um, I lived in the false reality that I created for myself. I'll come back later and uh, remind me later to talk about uh, the truth that is actually true uh, as a result of that and and what that did to change my life. But other examples, um, if, if I follow my heart, everything will work out. Right. That's when you hear the world just kind of pushing on us oh, all the yeah. time. That's yeah. like Disney reality. It is. It is. Yeah. And it it is. Oh, it's a lie. Is there? A, it does not work. Is there a Disney song about following your heart? Probably. Here, let's find out. You just keep on. You just keep. On <laughs> I'll going. keep on going. One of the realities that I think the book talks about, or at least as I was, uh, the friend that introduced this book to me talked about. Uh, he said that um, there are a lot of people that believe that. There is like a knight in shining armor out there who will come and love me for who I am and love me unconditionally, and uh, I'll I'll uh, just live in that love. Well, the reality is uh, most people do not love unconditionally. Most people love because they are loved in return. Unconditional love means whatever we do, the other person is going to continue to love us. And frankly, the only person that does that is God. Uh, There are lines that we all have. And if the people that we love cross those lines often enough and far enough, our love dries up. Uh, we, We end up sometimes just walking away, sometimes just saying, oh, forget about it. Uh, I I can't continue to do this. Hmm. Do those kind of make sense? Have you heard people say those things? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I have. And then they live in that reality and it it can be very damaging to them. Yeah. It's like you create this little, I don't even want to call it like an echo chamber because echo chambers are at least like, no, I guess it could be an echo chamber. The echo chambers when you kind of surround yourself with uh, thoughts just like your thoughts, kind of like what social media does. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but like we are kind of doing that when when we kind of culturally accept these lies, right? That we just kind of culturally all jump on board and we're like, oh yeah, that's true. Maybe not the like you know, you know, oh I have to be perfect or anything like that, but then like. Maybe the follow your heart kind of thing or yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Now, some of the things that, that uh, I mean, this was true 35 years ago. You know, we create realities and we live in those realities. Uh, it's true today as well, especially on social media. Uh, we look at somebody, we interact with someone on social media, and we believe that they are who they say they are. You're in for a surprise. <laughs> Have you ever heard of the hit television show Catfish? <laughs> <laughs> right. It's terrible. Oh yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but it's reality. Well No, it's not not everybody. <laughs> not everybody. Right, right, but, right. Uh there uh you, you can't just assume that the person on the other side of the phone screen from you is who they say they are. So you always gotta have a level of protection out there yeah i mean like a healthy dose of uh not cynicism but like suspicion suspicion or like investigation like we shouldn't just take people's word on everything they say but we also shouldn't assume the worst in people it's just right it's reality and reality is full of both of those things. great spanish word the concept they call malicia indígena uh, malicia is uh, badness, evil. Indígena is kind of indigenous, natural. And what it refers to is you always just have a little bit of suspicion. Somebody tells you something and you may say, oh, yeah, yeah, that's great. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the back of your mind, you're thinking, what are they looking for? Right. Is this all true? Is there some level of deception going on? And um, the reason they talk about it is because they want people to develop malicia indígena. 
that uh, there's a certain level that you'll kind of take a step back and say, okay, is this a lie or is this the truth? Now, that doesn't mean that we just stonewall people and we big up, build up these no. giant barriers to which like people get through. But like it's just a healthy little like you got to prove yourself like, yeah. you, you, you yeah. know, like it's what the and really there's nothing wrong with that. No, there's not. I mean, the believers in the church in the Bible, when Paul comes to them and he's like, hey, I'm a changed man. They're like, OK, okay. <laughs> yeah. let <laughs> me just keep my tell. family <laughs> in the other house and uh, let's go meet at Starbucks exactly. and talk. <laughs> hey, and by the way, um, follow your heart is from Cinderella, too. Oh, my goodness. I'm fairly certain nobody even knew that there was a Cinderella too. Um, there probably are those that do, but I'm going to go ahead and put money on straight to DVD release. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Cinderella two sounds like something that was a last ditch effort to make a few bucks. But, uh, but, but Hey, real quick, I found another one though. And I think this might be kind of true. Um, we're all in this together. Oh yeah. Is that a lie yeah, we tell ourselves? Yeah. It can be. It certainly can be. Now there may be times that people actually are in this with you. Right, right. But like to just assume that everybody is just fighting for everybody's highest possible good. They've got no, they've sir. got your good at their So there's a little brainwashing going on on, yeah. on high school musicals part. Okay. You know yeah, that song? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that song, but I know the concept. I have never Bumming seen high out, school Randy. musical. It's okay. Honestly, it's not good. Somebody's getting really <laughs> mad listening to this right now. Like, I like High School Musical. That's okay. You can like High School Musical. I just don't. <laughs> but that's okay. I know we've done a podcast on uh, social media. Oh, but yeah. so much of social media is very frankly based on deception. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, Instagram, we've talked about this before. Just the fact, or you have in sermons. I don't know if we have on the on the podcast, but just the concept of you're capturing a moment in time. And you want that to be the best possible moment. Right. The person who is receiving it is thinking, oh, their life must be wonderful. Right. When the reality is you you took a an eight-hour car trip in heat. In, right, <laughs> right. It was horrible to get there. And you're having a good time, but... It's not that your whole life is like that. Dude, okay. Do you, so I have so many friends and family members and especially my fiance, Abby, who really hate the fact that I can't stand taking pictures, like, like being in pictures <laughs> being taken. And my reasoning is we're fabricating a moment in time. Like, and like that just annoys me that we have to pretend to be like, all smiles and giggles like she'll hate this but like we just went to do a sorry abby i love you but we just went <laughs> we just went and took uh our engagement photos a couple months ago and like the whole time the uh the photographer she's like okay now just why don't you just like tickle her and both of you giggle and i'm just going ha ha ha, 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 ha just smiling like fake laughing because like it's so over the top like make believe but every picture we take is kind of like that right yeah and that's what instagram is nothing but and true. we judge other people's lives and our own life based on what we know are lies. A deception, exactly. But for some and that's the thing that makes this so dangerous. When we begin to change our behavior based on a lie, then we're not living in reality. Okay, so can we dig a little deeper on that real quick while we're here? We can. Okay, but first, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors. Thank you, Randy, for pointing that out. He's trying to be all subtle, pointing at the paper. He wrote break in red letters. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? 
There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org/impact. All right, guys, we are back. And uh, I want to dive a little bit deeper on yeah. this uh, idea of of like pictures are kind of what made me think of it. But like when you're taking a picture for Instagram or for social media, everything's got to be lined up just right. Like, right. like I'll, right. I'll watch right. I'll watch Abby. Sorry, you're getting picked on on this one. Abby. <laughs> you have social media and I don't. So like I'll watch her. We'll be out to dinner and we'll be at like hot pot or something. So we'll have sushi and a bunch of like pretty things on the table that are all going to get eaten and she's like lining them up all just perfect for this picture and it should take a little picture up above the table and like show the whole spread at the table and like she knows that that's like kind of a fake moment like she's lining everything up right right and like so we all do that right but then we look at somebody else's page and it's like we forget that they did the exact same thing Mm -hmm. how do we how do we like lose that filter when we're looking at somebody else's life? And that, that in and of itself, you know, that's fairly innocuous. So you're taking a picture of food. Right. It's innocent. Right. It's innocent. It's innocent, completely innocent. But I mentioned at the beginning that uh, I grew up thinking that uh, I just wasn't good enough. Well, that marked my life. I wouldn't volunteer for things. I wouldn't offer to do things because I wasn't sure that I could do them because I told myself that I, I couldn't get it done. Right. So uh, this actually happened before I read the book, but um, I was doing a Bible study and uh, did a Bible study on uh, King Saul from the Old Testament Okay. King Saul starts out, okay, uh, he's, a, he's a big dude. He's head and shoulders taller than everybody else in the kingdom. And uh, he becomes king, and then he makes three mistakes, or you could say he commits three sins. He sacrifices to God when only the priest mm-hmm. should be doing that. He uh, chooses not to. To obey God, God said, when you take over the city, kill all the animals. Mm-hmm. And he keeps them instead. And then finally, he actually um, uh, uh, threatens to kill his son, Jonathan, because uh, when Jonathan goes and fights a Philistine garrison that starts a rout of the Philistine armies, and Saul, as Israel jumps up to join Jonathan, who is single-handedly putting the Philistine army to, to flight, Saul says, nobody can eat anything today. Uh, we're going to declare a fast today. Well, Jonathan didn't hear that. And at some point, he comes across a tree with a Well, he said, he said any man that ate would die. Right, yeah, right, right. He said any man that ate would die. And Jonathan sees some honey and he eats it. And afterwards, Saul finds out, and Saul says, you got to die. Now, Saul's initial uh, swearing was done without consulting the priest, without talking to God. So uh, all of that was invalid. But in the middle of all of that. He he takes his word back, and he doesn't actually kill him. That's right. And so it's kind of like he doesn't even follow through. It's a mess. But he probably would have killed anybody else that did it. Possibly, but the people actually had to stand up for Jonathan and say, listen, Jonathan is the hero That's of true. the battle today. I forgot about that part. Yeah. Yeah. But in the middle of, I think it's in the second sin, Samuel uh, Samuel comes walking up after telling Saul, kill all the animals. And uh, Samuel comes walking up and Saul says, I've obeyed the Lord. I've We've won the battle. And Saul just says, then what's all this bleeding of sheep that I hear? Samuel. Samuel says that. Samuel yeah, yeah. says that, yeah. And Saul says, well, you know, I improved the bloodline of the flocks and I kept some. And He's lying to himself. Samuel says, 
even though you were small in your own eyes, didn't God make you king over Israel? Saul had an inferiority complex. And when you look back at everything that Saul did and all of the sins that he committed, it all goes back to that. Saul had an inferiority complex, even as king of Israel. Hmm. So that drove me to look for inferiority complexes throughout Scripture. And the major one that I found, the one that helped me deal with my own lack of self-esteem, is actually the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul looks at himself and says, I'm the chief of all sinners. But God has called me. Paul said, I don't have an inferiority complex. I am inferior. But God took me and made me something different. And I began to think about that, began to realize that the gifts that he gives us, he gives us so that we can do certain things in a supernatural way. And all of a sudden, I didn't have to worry about can I do it or can't I do it. Now I was concerned about, okay, so what's my gift and how can I best use my gift? And from that point on, ministry began to, first of all, it was much more enjoyable. Hmm. Uh, It was much more effective. And I began to lose that concern of, uh, I just can't do anything quite right. Because the truth of the matter was, and this goes back to a TV show, I'm uh, binging uh, Community right now, which... (laughs) It is what it is. It's a, it's a well-written show. But in one particular episode, uh, the, the, the main character is pretty much a jerk. Yeah, he's a narcissist. <laughs> he's and... definitely a narcissist. He has a flashback, and his mom in the flashback tells him, Now, Jeffrey, you're just the best little boy. And you're so special. You're so special, and everything you do will work out. And Well, in this particular episode, everything doesn't work out. And near the end of the episode, he has the same flashback, same character, same setting. But his mom is saying, now, Jeffrey, you are normal. (laughs) And there are one or two things that you'll really do well in. And there's a lot of things that you'll be average in. And a couple of things you're going to be bad at. (laughs) Well, that's the reality that I lived in. And once I figured that out, then I could focus on, okay, so what gifts has God given me? How can I use those gifts to kind of help me find what I need to be doing in the world? Right. Like I know in the past talking on this podcast, you've mentioned how uh, you tried your hand at like evangelism. And you said how hard that was for you. It still is. You just, it does not come naturally to you. You, I do it. You do it because you know you should. But it doesn't come easy. No. But you're like, but teaching, that comes easy to me. I I like to to learn and teach. And um, yeah, so like it seems to me what you're saying is you were living in a false reality. Absolutely, I was. And then you recognized the truth grounded in God's reality in the, in the actual world we live in. The first step was to recognize the lie that I was telling myself. This is like AA. Yeah. Yeah. The first step is admitting. Hi, I'm Randy and I live in a lie. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the first step is admitting you have a problem, right? And and you recognized, okay, (laughs) I am living in a make-believe reality by thinking this. So what's the truth? And yeah. and you went to God's word for that truth. Yeah. That he has made you a particular way. And okay, so here's a question. You well, real quick, you found your your gifting. Yeah. And, and you yeah. said, okay, this is what I'm good at. Right. How did you find your gifting? Oh, great question. So I found my gifting, first of all, by studying what the Bible has to say about gifts and uh recognizing that there are four lists of gifts 
And one of them, we are all supposed to have. One of them, leaders in the church has. One of the list of gifts, God gives and he takes away. Gives and he takes away. And then one is just kind of a hodgepodge of a bunch of them that particularly Paul is talking about. But he's using it to communicate a very specific reality that we don't all have the same gifts. Yeah. That God gives us different gifts so we'll need each other. And what's so funny about everything you just said is how many people, even though it says, and not everyone will have all these gifts, turn around and then start looking at people and going, well, you need this gift. That's right. And you need you, this you've gift. You've got to have that gift. <laughs> it's like, wait, the verse itself or says. pray for that gift. So. Right, right. But it's like, look, you're not going to have all these gifts and that's okay. It's fine. In fact, it's better that way because. Then you can be really good at what you are gifted at. You can be really good at what you are gifted at and you will never get to the point that you can do it on your own, which is another lie we tell ourselves, I've got this. I can do it myself. The other thing is when you add the whole, well, pray for the gift. What if you don't get it? Then yeah. then, then do you put it on you like I'm not doing enough or I'm not? Why can't I have there that gift? That. Right. We shouldn't do that. We should be like, this is who God made me. Yes. And this is how I am. And this is how I am wired to serve the kingdom. Yeah. And I'm going to lean into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Very cool. Now, this was true 35 years ago. It's especially true today because I think today we're seeing an actual attack on truth. We did a whole (laughs) podcast episode on truth. I mean, everything is contested now. Every like it's like the fabric of reality is just being torn at the seams. And what's so odd? There is no objective truth. Right. That's that's the. The claim. Literally, you can't have that worldview and believe in science. Like, you can't. Oh, and it's a self-contradictory view. Right. It it immediately defeats itself. Right, right. right. But, like, for whatever reason, it just sounds nice and it sounds loving to say that. And so we're like, yeah, that's how it works. But it's like, no, you, you cannot live in that reality and have science and have reality. That's right. That's right. You can't have anything. If somebody tells you that there is no such thing as objective truth, just ask them. So is that an objective truth for you? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) If it's not, then apparently there is objective truth. Right. Right. It's the, it's the same thing with the, the agnostic argument, the, the whole, you know, I don't know if there's a God, I can't know that for certain. I can't know anything for certain. Well, do you know that for certain? (laughs) You know, it just immediately crumbles. But yeah, it's like we have to stand firm on reality, right? And anybody that that believes in science, anybody that believes in in testing the world around us to see how it operates, how it functions, how truth works, has to kind of wonder, well, wait, like, where do I go for what? Science can't test. And and this is not a religious thing. It's not that people who believe in God believe in objective truth and others don't. You've just mentioned scientists. Science is based on repeatable occurrences, on truths that are there. Right. Historiographers. Historians write about what happened, not what they think happened, not the perception of what happened. Uh, you can Not write the philosophical on. nature of what uh, might have happened. That, you know. Right, right, right. right. And the, the goal of history is not to go back and judge them on what happened on the basis of a moral and ethic that's held two, three, four hundred years later. It's to record the reality of what took place. Right. Right. And and so, yeah, to go along with what you're currently saying there is like you, you've got people going back and, and destroying parts of history because they don't like the way that it went down. And it's like you don't have to like the way it went down. We can all agree it went down very poorly. Right. And we should learn from it and do better. And it's it should be there to serve as a reminder of what atrocities can happen. 
That's what I loved about our podcast with uh, Richard Raines. I thought it was one of the better interviews that we did. As he was talking about George Washington, he talked about slavery, and he said George Washington failed when it came to slavery. Yes, he, he did. should have freed his slaves. He, in fact, Richard said he probably knew that he should free his slaves. He made statements regarding it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But he chose not to. Now, he treated them very justly. He educated them. He he uh, uh, even provided for their freedom after Martha would die. Right. <laughs> but that doesn't excuse what he did. Right. And but it simultaneously, it also doesn't taint everything good he did. And that's what I loved about what Richard said. It doesn't change that Washington was a wonderful man. Right. He was the father of our country, first in the hearts of his countrymen. Right. Right. Like, I mean, like if Genghis Khan's little kids um, grew up and, you know, Genghis Khan, you know, let's look, I'm making things up here, but let's say he never stole anything and he told his kids don't steal. Right. And they were like, okay, great. I learned something good for you from you. Okay. They can take that and go, oh, that's a good lesson. And then they can go, oh, but we shouldn't, you know, pillage and rape and destroy and murder and burn all the earth. You know what I mean? Like, cause he did all those things and that's bad. But like, if he taught them one good thing, that's still one At good least thing. That's a good thing. Right. Yeah. Like even the worst person on earth can do something good and teach you something good. And we don't go back and rewrite history because we disagree with one or two elements. Right. Right. So, so in a similar way, I think where you're kind of connecting this is that, it's the same with the world we live in today. It is what it is. It's not a subjective experience. Right. It's really happening a certain way. Like if you put three people in a room and they all see a robbery and then you ask them what just happened, they're going to say, oh, I just saw a robbery. And if one person goes, yeah, you know, Ronald McDonald came in and started throwing hamburgers at people and we all cheered. That's not true just because they said it. We would lock that person up and say they're crazy yeah. because they just witnessed something atrocious and said that it was good. But then upon people's personal experiences, for whatever reason, we give them a pass and say, oh, yeah, whatever you whatever you felt, that must be true. Well, you know, it'd be interesting. I, I have never seen someone say how we got where we are, but where we are today is a person can simply begin to say something and suddenly we must accept that. A person can begin to say, I am no longer uh, a man, I'm a woman. Right. And they can go into the women's bathroom, they right. can play women's sports. Right. Um, the the problem and and honestly uh, more than anything look pe people do things that are sinful in the eyes of God all the time right the the reason we're kind of picking on that for this instance here is that it's expected that everybody else has to play along with that ideology too now yeah and it's like but that's not the truth and we don't have to act like it is just because you tell me I have to act like it is you right know? right yeah and that's that's the main point, I mean, the whole uh, issue of, of transgender, I don't want to get into that. We've done a podcast on that. I don't know that we have. Maybe not. Well, we just did. Well. Congratulations. We mentioned it. But that's not the issue here. The issue is just because I say it, that doesn't make it true. Right. It needs rational scientific evidence. And there is an objective reality out there. If it or, doesn't conform, if what I'm saying doesn't conform to the objective, objective reality, it's not true. Right. And what I just said, I just said like scientific evidence, th that's not true. Not everything has scientific evidence, right. historical evidence, um, rational, logical evidence. Yeah. It, it doesn't have to all be scientifically proven. It needs to be, there needs to be supporting evidence of some kind though. And it's like just taking your word for how you feel on something doesn't make it true in any situation. You know, we, we were pointing out one situation, but that's, there's a lot of things going on like that right now. Oh, yeah. Like the idea that all religions can be true. Have you right. heard that? Oh, yeah. Explain that one to me. How's that? So, so When they he, contradict each other. Right, 
Right. So Christianity says there is one true God and that he created all other life, right? That everything came from him, which would mean that if there were other gods, that those were creations, therefore uh, less superior than than Yahweh, the God of the Bible, yeah. right? Okay, but then I've got Islam or I've got you know, Hinduism. Hinduism. Let's do Hinduism sure. where there's Brahman, which is the God at the center of all things, and he's this impersonal, like, detached God, right? And then you've got all other realities are basically God experiencing himself. So we're all God and we're all, or you've got the Mormons where everyone can become a God. Well, wait, all three of those things we just said all kind of contradict in a way. They definitely contradict each other. And there's worldviews that are like, nah, you can have it all, man. It's like, no, you You can't can't. because that's not the way truth works. And this is an attack on truth. Yeah. And that's why we're talking about this. Very much so. Very much so. So stop lying to yourself. Right. Because so, you're only contributing to bigger problems. <laughs> so what do we do? What do we do? That's that's the real question. First of all, first step, start looking at what you believe. Um, are you telling yourselves lies? Are you living in false realities? Okay. Big rabbit trail here. Open up, open up big parentheses. Okay. My sister, while my mom was still alive, used to tell me, and she told me this several times, your mother is the happiest person I know because she creates her own reality and it's a wonderful reality. And then she lives in it. (laughs) Now, mom was going through dementia, but what she said was very true. Uh, Mom remembered only the good in her life. She didn't remember the struggles and it made her incredibly happy as she was coming to the end of her life. In fact, mom had a visit from Santa Claus uh, near the end of her life. Now, we don't know exactly what happened, but what we can piece together, mom was in a uh, uh, long-term care facility, and uh, she had the door that led into her apartment. Straight across from that door was a door that led outside, and you could open it and walk outside. That door had glass in it. We think mom came out in a dim room. Her pajamas were red. Her hair was white. She looked outside and saw her reflection in the door and thought, red suit, white hair, it's Santa Claus. And she opened the door and she went out. They found her outside and helped her get back inside. Now, I say that because there's mom going through dementia, but she was creating a reality that she was living in. And that reality for her that night was dangerous. Right. Thank goodness they had the doors set on alarms. She was happy. So they knew when it, oh, she was very happy. And that's what we all do. We create these realities usually to make ourselves happy. Sometimes we create realities that depress ourselves. Yeah, but anybody that's gone through depression, like there is something comforting about depression. I don't know if you've ever been like super depressed. I went through like three or four years of my life back in like college when I was drinking very heavily and I was like doing lots of things I shouldn't have been doing. Um but there's something comforting about depression and you kind of you almost do things that you know are bad because it's familiar to you interesting and so i've kind of wondered if there isn't so like there some, is some kind level of, of comfort right like it's it's like comfortably numb you know that like uh yeah, pink floyd pink song, floyd song. <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean it's kind of that like it's um and so i've wondered if if people kind of perpetuate that yeah subconsciously um or maybe even knowingly but to the the that you you're kind of familiar with how how sad you are or something yeah. so you want more of it but so the first step is to figure out the lies that you tell ourselves and a lot of times i don't think we can figure that out on our own i think we have to go to somebody else yeah and say hey what are the lies that i'm telling myself yeah <laughs> yep yep um there's a there's a cool uh, 
tool. I, so I do like coaching stuff on the side for anybody listening. Um, but what, what we do is one of our tools is it's called the leadership mirror. And it, it kind of stops short because really what you're asking somebody is like, what is it like to be led by you? So like, you know, right, are you a reactionary right. person or are you somebody that like plans ahead and then responds, right? Because you're confident in that situation or are you like quick to get angry or are you slow to get angry? Like questions like that, right? Yeah. But you can do that with anything. Yeah. You can you can sit down and go, what you can if, go beyond leadership. Exactly. Like yeah. what would it be like to be on the other side of me? when I'm saying self-deprecating things, yeah, right? Like what do other people see when they look at me? Do they see what I see when I look at me? What do they feel when I say those things about me? You know what I mean? Like, And it, sometimes the only way to answer that question is to get somebody in that. Exactly, them. exactly. But I guess what I'm saying is it's both. It, yeah, it, you, yeah. Need, you need we some self-reflection, right. but you need to take it to other people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that other person might be a friend, might be a parent, might be a, a, a child, uh, one, one of your children. Uh, Kids are honest, man. Oh, they're brutally honest. Yeah, they'll tell you straight up. Like, am I fat? Yep. <laughs> 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 they're also way too literal. Uh, here are the middle schoolers. Uh, I, my, my just go-to um, greeting is, what's up? And every single one of them, the sky, and they just think they're the cleverest, <laughs> sneakiest people. And at this point, they do it because they know I hate it. But it's 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 a thing. Like kids will tell it. you what's up. Yep. Well, yep. literally, they'll tell you what's up, the sky. All right. So, uh, yeah. Ha. Definitely. So the second step then is to uh, figure out what the truth is. Now, as Christians, we go to the Bible to help us yep. figure out the truth. Um, the Bible actually has quite a bit to say about truth, and especially about Jesus. Jesus says, uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, I am truth. So, you know, there's a level of engagement with Jesus can help us give the dose of reality that we need. Mm -hmm. I would argue that from a non-Christian tradition, that all of reality, when you really seek the truth, it all points back to Christ. I think you're right. That you will get to the ends of questions where you go, wait, but then but then what? And it always ends up at God. And to be honest, this is why I think uh, at least the Christian scientists that I know of, uh, they're very quick to say there's no hesitation. Uh, science... And religion are friends. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it was the Christians that started scientific methods. Very much so. Um, yeah. It was the Christians that started the universities. It was the Christians that started the hospitals. schools. Yeah, hospitals. Yeah. The problem is we've all handed it over to the secular world. Oh, we've handed centuries. over to the government and the church has stepped aside. Right. And so now we look to the government to do everything. But in the past, the, the church was the one that was the big player that was – helping everybody very much so um, and the government's just doing a real bang up job if you if you ask me <laughs> a little bit of sarcasm there. are you are you living in reality there's that that must have been a lie that i tell myself i'm sorry um but yeah you know that we, we as the church started all those things and i think christians in a way look at science as the enemy today because there's it's always scientists that will say, oh, there's no God or there's right, this yeah, or that. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, no, it, it, it comes back to we can play nice. Yeah, Christianity yeah, and science yeah. are our friends, like you said. Um, I was very impressed as I was I, – I, in the university, I studied, uh, studied pure math. So it's a, it's a pure science. It's uh, uh, the number of early mathematicians – who were also theologians, is astounding. Pascal, uh, Leibniz, the inventor of calculus, mm -hmm. wrote a book on theology. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the guy that invented uh, anesthesia was a Christian. He looked, he, okay. he read the Bible and realized that, um, that God put Adam to sleep when he took his rib out. And up until that point, they would just do surgeries. Is that legit? Was that is the story I've always heard. I feel wow. like I have to Google that now to make wow. sure. But I'll do it once we start talking. Because, of course, the Internet is all true. 
Well, yeah, dude. <laughs> another lie we tell ourselves. Another another <laughs> false reality that we live in. So step one was was admitting we have a problem, right? right? Was was right. recognizing right. that right. we tell ourselves lies. Right. Step two was find the truth. Get to the truth. What right. what is right. the truth really? Um, and and where can we find that? Step three is really start telling yourself the truth. So I had an inferiority complex. It wasn't until I discovered gifts and I began to say, what's my gift? What's my gift? What's my gift? And I began to look for what my gift was and, and uh, try different things to figure out what my gift was. Then things started turning around for me. And that wasn't the only lie that I told myself. Um, there are other lies that uh, we tell ourselves. Um, find the truth. Start telling yourself the truth instead of the lie. Very uh, forcefully and intentionally start telling yourself, no, no, no. That that I've been saying is a lie. This is the truth. And I hate that we even have to do this, but like just through absolute clarity. This is not like a word of faith thing no, where no. we're like speaking it into existence. This isn't um, what's it called? Uh, the M word. Uh, 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 come on, man. I don't know what you're the, the for. new agey term speaking into existence. What do we got? Come on, man. I'll think of it. I'll get back to it. Okay. Whatever. You're not speaking it into existence. No, no. You are recognizing that it exists right. already. Right. Right. This is just the truth. The existence is speaking into you. You're not speaking Ooh. something into existence. That which exists. That was pretty good, dude. Is now speaking into you. That was pretty good. I like I need that. To, I need to trademark that. You I? probably didn't say it first, <laughs> but you know what? That, that's Yeah, that was nice. That was smooth. Good stuff. <laughs> You silver tongue devil, but um, <laughs> um, yeah, like it, you're just—it's okay. What this reminds me of is the two men that build their houses, and one builds his house on sand, right? Yeah. But the and and it and it crumbles, and when when the wind starts blow, and you know, and, right, the, and right, the ground right, starts right. to shift, it it settles, and it all falls apart because it's built on sand. But then the other man builds his house on the rock, right? And it's stable. There's a foundation, and that's what Jesus says. He is the rock. He is the truth. He is that firm foundation upon which you can build, and you won't be shaken. You won't fall apart. Okay, another rabbit trail. Oh my goodness. Okay. Manifestation. <laughs> the word is manifestation. Manifestation. Yes, oh, yes, okay. yes, yes. Now right, I know what you're going for. I'm sorry. Oh, it just came out of nowhere and I had to say it. All right. Um, okay, so you talk about building your house on rock, building your house on sand. What fool would ever build his house on sand? Recently, I was thinking about that. You did a sermon on this. I may have. Yeah. 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 So what I came up with was this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when I showed the the uh, uh, rock bed in South Korea, wasn't yes, it? Yes, the jade bed, yeah. The jade bed. Um, if you've ever slept on a rock, <laughs> it's not very comfortable. But if you've ever slept on sand, sand's kind of nice to sleep on. It's kind of cool. It is, it is. It kind of molds in yeah. your body. It's It's soft. What kind of a fool would build his house on sand? Well, the kind of a fool that's looking for self-comfort. Right. He's not looking for a firm foundation. Right. He's looking for an easy life. So, hey, we'll just build this house here on the sand because the sand's nice and comfortable. And then it rains and the whole house falls down on top of me. Well, it's like they say ignorance is bliss for a reason. Right. That's right. Because when you when you shake off the truth and you turn from the truth and you just accept the reality that you want, you don't have to face all the hard parts that go with it because you can just run from them. Right. Right. But then that all crumbles and that all fall apart one day. But if you face reality as hard as it is and as uncomfortable as it is and as difficult as it can be, it is much more sound and stable 
and it sets you up better down the road. Yes, it does. Sometimes reality hurts. Right. But it's better for you in the long term. Right. That doesn't mean reality always hurts. No. In, in a lot of these situations, reality is better than the lie you tell yourself. Far better. Think of oh, – you brought this up, so I'm going to go back and dig a little bit Or deeper. I should say more comfortable. Sorry. Uh, not, it's always better. You mentioned there was a time when you would uh, drink a lot of alcohol. Yeah. What were you telling yourself when you drank the alcohol? Well, I generally drank because I didn't think I was as fun at parties. I didn't think that I was as good at talking to people. So you were saying this will loosen me it up. It was like a I'll social lubricant, fun. right? Yeah. 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 But then the problem was, look, like, and here's the deal. I'll just tell you where my stance is on alcohol these days. I have no qualms with anybody that wants to have a couple drinks. I'll gladly have a couple drinks with you. But I stop at a couple. Right. And, and used to, I didn't because I thought if I kept going, I'd be more fun. Yeah. And that's not true. You just turn into a drooling <laughs> idiot in the corner, which isn't fun. And that was the reality. That's the reality. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so I'm so going to be really you cool. So once figured that out, yeah. it changed the way you behave. Exactly. It's, it's, well, it took a little more than that. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yeah, there's some addiction things there too. That. Right, right. <laughs> so, well, I no, no. Never, never. Never that. Never that. Never that deep. Never okay. that. But we, we stopped enough. we stopped just short of that. Yeah. So okay. It could have been a problem. Okay. But it, it didn't make it that far. Right. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just I, I I honestly think you definitely in that situation, I myself got to a point where I was so depressed that I came out of it. Okay. For a lot of people, they need somebody to point out right. the problems right. in their right. lives. And we're going back to that. You can't do this alone thing. Or Maybe some people can, but that doesn't mean everybody can. Right. The best thing you can do is have good, loving people around you that aren't just going to tell you what you want to hear, but that can lovingly tell you what you need to hear. One of the things that um, I don't even know if we should go here, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. You mentioned to me the other day that uh, the government formed a ministry of truth. It didn't go through. And it didn't go through, and that was the point. It didn't go through because people are are pretty openly saying, how do we know what's true? If you have a ministry of truth, who would you put in it to run it? Who would you trust to run it? Who would you trust to run it? Right. Because everybody lies. (laughs) If only there was somebody perfect. (laughs) Somebody that say never sinned. Somebody who say said I am truth. (laughs) Maybe somebody that designed everything that exists. So maybe they understand the inner workings that maybe, maybe they could be the way we know truth. I'm being a little sarcastic here. Yeah, just a bit. Jesus. That's what I'm talking about. In case you're wondering. They knew. Jesus stood before Pilate. And uh, Pilate said, are you a king? And Jesus said, that's what you say. You say that I'm a king. I was born for this. Come into the world for this to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. And Pilate then said, what is truth? Mm. It seems like we've been asking that every day since then. What is truth? If we reject Jesus, objectivity is in jeopardy. Right. Right. I mean, without God, objectivity crumbles. I mean, that that's that's the truth of the matter. It certainly can. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We I don't know keep... that it always does, but well, it well, certainly can. Okay. So, for instance... Induction is the idea that what happens tomorrow builds on what happened today, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that I know yesterday, or I know for a fact that tomorrow, I can trust in tomorrow that the world isn't going to explode into smithereens right. just, just randomly, right. right? Because that's just the way it is. No, I know that there's a reality that I'm grounded in Yeah, that, that, Day to day, like this wood table isn't going to turn into liquid, right? right? Because right, it's right. wood and it's going to be wood. The sun is going to rise tomorrow at about 
30, whatever it is. Because that's what it's always done. Because it's done that, and we've measured that, and we see that. Right. The atheist that believes in no God says that we live in a chaotic, meaningless, purposeless world, right, that just so happens to be. Yet they wake up every morning and believe that tomorrow they're going to do the same thing, that I'm, that I'm going to yeah. be able to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to be able to put my feet on solid ground. It's not going to be liquid. It's not going to be gas. I'm not going to be able to fly tomorrow. There's a wood table's a wood table. A wall's a wall. It's, a wall's not a floor. Like they accept all that, but they right. can't accept that that has to come from something that creates order. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why I'm saying objectivity itself relies on God because God orders things. That's probably not a good enough explanation for an atheist, but that's okay. We love you anyways. (laughs) Jesus, uh, again, he, he said to his disciples, if you continue in my word, you are my disciples. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And I think that's ultimately what we're talking about here in this podcast, in this particular episode. Uh, We'll know the truth, we'll accept the truth, we'll believe the truth. And there is freedom when reality is what we live in. Right. I mean, it it takes away the freedom to choose everything about your reality. Right. But that doesn't take away every choice in your reality, or in reality, I shouldn't say your reality. Um, the problem is we want to tailor fit every aspect of our reality today in the way we want it to be. Right. And you lose that when you accept the truth as it is. Right. And I think that's scary to some people. Yeah. But as you said, there's freedom in knowing that you're standing on a firm foundation of, you know, this is how it really is. This is how things work. This is how the world works. So at least... Part of what governs my life, and I think governs the life of most Christians, is uh, the reality that we do live in and being able to look at that objectively. Right. So we come to an issue like, for example, abortion. Mm. And for me, it's pretty cut and dried. Is the fetus human or not? Well, if you say that it is human, then is the fetus alive or not. And if you say that it's alive, then abortion becomes strong, killing a human life. And that is defined in scripture as murder. Right. Uh, Not just scripture. I mean, taking a human life in by anybody's standards is murder. Not anybody's, but. Well, it's killing. Yeah. It's killing. Yeah. And the unjust killing of someone is murder. Yeah. That's societal. I believe that's reality. Yeah, that's reality. <laughs> I mean, that's not just, I mean, it came from the Bible, but it's, right. it is also just kind of imprinted <clears throat> on us. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you kind of have to start bending the reality to start working mm-hmm. for a pro-abortion right. worldview. It's either not a human or it's not alive. Right. And that's look, that's just one example. I mean, Uh, we've we've talked about that at length in our Roe v. Wade episode, but like, it's just, this is how things work. They, they either do or they don't, they are, or they aren't like everything is objective, not everything, but reality is objective. The truth is objective. Um, Maybe not in every single situation. There are things that are subjective in the world, but at the heart of morality, at the heart of what is necessary and needed in the world, there is an objective truth. We're probably oversimplifying and probably someone who is a philosopher by nature might be able to question what we're saying. But uh, I think for most of us, it it does make sense. I'll say this. Maybe they can, uh, of course, they could question what we're saying and they could probably find a million holes in it because we're dummies, but they can't debunk the Bible because nobody's done it in 2000 years. They're not going to. It's the truth. It is. It is what it is. It is. It objective. is reality. It's reality. And if you do not know Jesus and you don't know his word, please get to know him in it. Go find out what you're lying to yourself about. Go seek the truth. Go get some good people around you. Ask them, you know, is this true about me? What I'm saying? And don't just check with one or two people. Check with several people that you trust. 
Go to God's word. Find out what it says about you, what God says about you, who you are, what reality is like. And then figure out how to tell yourself the truth and lean into the truth. That's a summary. Sounds good to me. That's a summary. Bingo. Yeah. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Um, If you got questions, you can send those to questions at becomehope.com or salty saints at becomehope.com. Please check out lifeaudio.com. They are our partners and they have got tons and tons of podcasts and they just keep adding day after day. Um, And they've got podcasts on Bible study, on parenting, on uh, I think we're getting ready to do a podcast with another podcast on there. So that'll be kind of fun. And um, you should check that out as well. Thank you guys once again for listening. And until next time, stay salty. Have you ever felt conflict between your faith and feelings? If so, you're not alone. My name is Carly Mercouillier. I'm a licensed therapist and the host of the Therapy and Theology podcast, where we explore popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. I want to invite you to join me every Thursday as we fearlessly name the complexities of our reality, grow in the awareness of who we are, and rediscover the power and purpose of our unique stories through the lens of the gospel. Subscribe today at lifeaudio.com.